welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast, where it's always knitting and running in 30 minutes or less. You can find me as Windswept Monique on Ravelry and Instagram, or as Windswept Knits on Facebook and Twitter. Show notes can be found at my website at windswepknits.com. Hello and welcome to episode 67, Get Ready for Rhinebeck. Segments this week include whips, FOs, knitting fail, wearables, and out and about, the getting ready for Rhinebeck edition. Uh, first off, I do have a cat in my lap while I'm recording today, so you may hear some cat sounds, some shuffling, some purring, that sort of thing. Hopefully we'll keep the meowing to a minimum, but she really wants my lap today. And also a quick reminder, the Pont de Morat shawl is on sale for podcast listeners. Use code FOG, that's F-O-G on Ravelry to get 30% off through Friday, 10-18, October 18th, and uh, there is a link to that pattern in the show notes. So first up is works in progress, whips. I have done a lot of work on the Christmas socks for thing two. I finished the first one, and I turned the heel this morning for the second. I have also put a few rows on my latest Hitchhiker shawl, uh, which I then put down. I've decided to save it for Rhinebeck because I've knit so many of these. It is completely mindless knitting at this point. So it's great Rhinebeck knitting shawl. FOs. I do have an FO this week. I have the Taking Flight shawl. It is done and blocking, and it needs the ends woven in before I can wear it to Rhinebeck, but I'm definitely going to be wearing it this weekend. I do need to tack that star onto it still but I know I can have it ready in time and I cannot wait to wear it. Knitting fails. So I was knitting the aforementioned Christmas socks at Legoland Boston. I took the boys on Monday. Uh, Yes, just me alone. Uh, I finished the first one there and realized I did not have my nail clippers to cut the yarn. I eventually did ask a couple women who had large bags with them, and then I felt a little bit too weird approaching strangers for nail clippers, and I eventually just pulled up a few feet of the yarn and started the second sock with the first one still attached. Yes, I now have nail clippers in my purse. <laughs> I usually have them there. I'm not quite sure why I, I didn't. I know I had them when I went to um, to um, Nashville or a couple weeks ago when I flew to Nashville for Into the Wool. But I'm not quite sure where they've gone in the intervening few weeks. Wearables. So I have worn a whole bunch of stuff recently. The weather is changing. It's time to pull out all the hand knits. I have worn my one of my mummy's tunics. This is one of my patterns. It is I've knitted up in a discontinued uh, B-Sweet Bamboo, which is a 100% bamboo DK weight. I wore this on a recent warm day. It was in the upper 60s, you know, not quite warm enough to be really warm, but still, you know, nice and warm for a fall and green day. I also wore the Empire Tunic by Lily Go, which I made in the discontinued Frog Tree Peekaboo, a cotton bamboo blend. This is a three-quarter length sleeveless, sorry, a three-quarter length sleeved tunic that crosses over the bust. It's got a crisscross top and then a ribbed waistline. And it's perfect for that in-between fall weather with leggings or jeggings. It looks amazing. Um, but if it's a tiny bit colder, you put a pair of knee-high boots on it and it looks great. I definitely recommend this pattern. It's sort of halfway between a pattern and a recipe because you do have to get that bust just right for your bust in order to fit with the crisscross and not have any any gaps or any gaping or anything hanging up that shouldn't be. But it's still well written and I would recommend knitting it. I've worn both my changing staircases. So I've worn the second one more. That was, um, sorry, changing staircases was designed by Dragon Horde Designs. 
And the second one I knit up in Great Adirondack Yarn Company's Bamboo Cotton Blend that I picked up in Rhinebeck last year. It's sort of um, aquas and purples, or teals and purples maybe I should say. I've worn that one a lot. But also this week I wore my first changing staircases, st- changing staircases excuse me, that I made. And I knit this up in the Fiber Ladies Musu, which is 100% bamboo lace weight yarn. Out and about, well, Rhinebeck starts tomorrow as I'm recording this. So New York Sheep and Wool, colloquially known as Rhinebeck, starts Thursday, October 17th through Sunday, October 20th at the Dutchess County Fairgrounds in Rhinebeck, New York. In a minute, I'm going to go over some tips for first-timers, but let's first do some logistics. I will be there Saturday and Sunday, likely almost all day, both days. Feel free to stop me and say hi if you see me. I love to chat with people. On Saturday, I'll be at the Ravelry Meetup at noon on the hill and at the Podcaster Meetup at 1, also on the hill. And on Sunday, for the first time, I'm planning on attending the Leaping Llama Contest in Building 34. That's at 11.15. I may also be at the Ravelry Meetup afterwards. There's a Ravelry Meetup at noon both days on the hill. It kind of depends on timing. Uh, The rest of the time, I'll be walking around, shopping, knitting, spinning, and just soaking up the general awesomeness that is Rhinebeck. Now let's talk about getting ready for Rhinebeck. The forecast for the weekend does look good, but remember, first thing in the morning, it's going to be a lot cooler. And also, while it's outside, inside the barns, especially later in the day, warms up a lot. So you really want to wear layers that you can adjust depending on the temp where you currently are. If you're comfortable walking around in 50 degree weather outside, you're going to overheat in a 75 degree barn. And vice versa, you'll freeze if you don't have layers to toss back on between the barns or if you sit down to eat outside. Um, we've brought up a bunch of words. You may not know exactly what they are. Rhinebeck does have its own terminology, and I've used some words you might not understand if you haven't been there before. So the hill. This one totally confused me the first year I went because Rhinebeck is a whole bunch of small hills right next to each other. So if you look at the fairgrounds map, the hill is located just above the petting zoo. If you're walking around, um, a look for the petting zoo, it's right behind it. But it's a wide open hillside where a lot of folks can gather. It's a big open space. And there's a lot of space there. And uh, kind of up at the top of it, there's a little wall with a long trestle bench for seating at the top of the hill. That is, quote unquote, the hill. People also talk about the buildings. This is shorthand for buildings A, B, C, D, and 41, which is really just one large building divided into sections. Sometimes this also refers to building E, which is right across the way from it, which is the food hall. And then people talk about the barns. And that is a group of much smaller freestanding buildings, or, well, you know, in, in some cases, actual barns, on the far side from the buildings. So, um, they are all just one-story long buildings, you know, entrances at either end, except for building 22 that has upper and lower levels, which have separate entrances. Both, again, have two, you know, uh, there's no real front and back, but, you know, entrances at either end. Um, building 22, the upper level is straight through like one of the any one of the other barns, but the lower level below it has um, uh entrances on kind of different sides. If you walk around and look, you'll see exactly what I mean. But if you're in building 22, make sure you go both upstairs and downstairs because there are some amazing vendors in both locations. Now, food. The lines get crazy, especially on Saturday from about 1130 to 2. 
So, if you can stand not to eat in that time frame, don't. Eat before or after if you can. Uh, bring snacks to tide you over. I always carry some snacks in my purse because you never know. Uh, since I have to leave my house so early to get to Rhinebeck, I like to eat lunch about 11 o'clock, like, like right on the dot, and then grab a snack before I leave for the day. If you're from far away and are not in from apple country, let's say, there are apple cider donuts there, which are amazing if you've never had them. However, the lines are insane. If you can get cider donuts locally, I would recommend skipping the cider donut line and just buying them from your local farm. There's a lot of really good food there. There's a lot of food there that is, you know, typical fair food. You know, you can get all the standards. But there's also a lot of really good food. I am planning on getting the falafel. I sent the falafel guys back this year, and I had it last year. It was very good. Total, like, fresh to order, cooked perfectly. I loved it. And also, um, the crepery is back this year, and that is something that is hard to find here. There's one, I think there's one about a half hour drive away, but it's, you know, not somewhere we normally go in that direction. So I'm very excited to get a strawberry and Nutella crepe if they have those back this year, because that is a weakness of mine I had when I was living in Europe for a short time, and you just can't get them around here. They're so good. So let's talk about what you might need if you have any kind of physical impairment. So for seating, there are lots of places to sit scattered around. However, if you have issues with mobility, I would recommend bringing a chair in your car and have someone in your party go get it for you when you need it. The paths, for the most part, are paved. Um, the, the major paths are paved, so you'll be able to walk around on those without fear of tripping in holes or whatnot. But the fairground is all small hills, so get ready to do a lot of up and down. Sit down if you need to. It is not worth getting hurt. There is one spot where I've always found seats, so if you look at the map, it's on the side of the barns facing the parking lot. I forget if it's barn 26 or 31, but there's a long trestle bench the entire length of that barn, and every time I've gone by there, there's always spots. It's a little more out of the way, but if you're walking around the barns, head in that direction, you will find a seat. Um, for shoes, you will be walking a lot, and yes, those brand new shoes you got are adorable. But will your feet hurt walking around in those brand new awesome shoes for eight hours? Also, you will definitely be walking in dirt and possibly walking in animal dung. So I lean towards the practical and I wear boots that are easy to clean and wipe down on cold days and sneakers on the warmer days. The forecast for Saturday and Sunday is dry at the moment, which is awesome. However, uh, today I'm recording on Wednesday, the 16th of October. They're getting rain today and overnight tonight. <laughs> We're here where I live. We're getting that storm tonight into the next morning. Uh, so anybody going Thursday and Friday, the grounds are going to be wet. And I would wager even Saturday, you're probably going to find a few damp spots because we're going to get inches of rain tonight. It's a it's a fast-moving storm, but it's a big one. So you may want to have boots that, or shoes at least that will either, you know, like a nice thick-soled sneaker to lift you up a little bit or, or a boot that will keep your feet warm and dry just to be safe. Um, back to the seating. So if you're in a group, finding seats for a large group at mealtime is going to be problematic. If you find one, grab it and keep it while you can. If you have a blanket, you can easily find a spot on the hill for your group. And often on the long bench, there are spots for a couple people up on the hillside. But yeah, if, you, if you're just one person, you're going to find, or you know, one or two people, you'll find seats together. But if you have a large group of people, do some planning in advance or Send some folks around to scout out some seats 
because you're going to need it. Okay, so now Rhinebeck, of course, is synonymous with shopping for the fiber world. So I would recommend bringing some reusable bags. It doesn't seem like much, but speaking as somebody who has vended a whole slew of events, those little bags that the vendors give you cost more than you might think they do. So I like to be a good shopper and carry a couple reusable bags with me and then put my purchases in those bags. Now, some vendors use their bags as free advertising. They're going to want to give you one anyway, and I just go with that. But um, if, if the folks are just handing out, you know, the plain generic, either paper or plastic bags, especially the plastic ones, I try to use my own and, and you know, make sure the vendors recoup all their costs. Um, on a related note, I would say try not to bring a backpack. I made this mistake the first year. And you just keep bumping into people. It's not worth it. If at all possible, do not bring a backpack. Those barns in the build are packed. The buildings are even worse. The buildings are insane. You know, you can barely make it through sometimes on a Saturday. It's crazy. There's barely enough room to turn yourself around. There is not enough room to turn backpacks around to. You will smack into people. Hopefully you will apologize. Just recently listened to Boston Jen's episode. Yes, please, if you run into someone, be a grown up say you're sorry. It goes a long way. Yes, you may not have meant, I'm sure you did not mean to smack into them, but be an adult about it, please. Thank you. Everybody appreciates that. So back to the bags. Yeah, don't, don't bring a backpack, if at all, if you can help it. If you have a car, plan on going back to your car. If you have mobility issues, have someone in your group be the designated car person, so you can all hand your packages to them and walk back to the car. You know, I've, I've done this at other events. Somebody in your party will be willing to carry your purchases back to the car for you. Please do that rather than carrying a backpack. If you're on a day bus, I've done this the last two years. The day buses are so much fun, and I do totally recommend them. But pack separate bags. Pack a bag of stuff that you want to use on the bus. You know, your, the knitting you're going to work on, any snacks you want for the way out, that sort of thing, anything you need in your car to get if you're driving a long ways to get to your day bus, and pack a smaller bag that you can then bring into the festival itself, like bring your purse and a reusable shopping bag, and in your purse have your, you know, your, your day snacks, that sort of thing, and your wa- a small water bottle. Keep the big water bottle on the bus in your backpack, leave that on the bus, that sort of thing. It's a little bit more planning, yes, but it will make your life and everybody's lives around you much easier. Please don't bring backpacks. Uh, book signings and author talks. Um, there are a lot of fiber authors who are going to be at Rhinebeck every year. There's two different um, bookstores who have, each have authors there various times. I have the link in the show notes and make a note of who you want to see. On a related note, make a list on paper. This is something that's Um, bitten me in the butt a few times. The cell phone service at Rhinebeck is spotty. From what I've heard, it's actually better than it used to be, but it's still really, really spotty. Do not count on having cell service while you're at Rhinebeck. Write down what you want to do, what time it is, and where it is, and write it down on paper, and carry your paper in your pocket or in your bag. Speaking of spotty cell signal, it affects the vendors too. Everybody is going to have, I mean, it varies, yes, by who your your mobile provider is, but plan on having spotty cell phone service and plan on the vendors having spotty cell, cell phone service. That will affect how you pay. Paying by credit card is going to take a little bit longer than you're used to. If you have cash, you won't be stuck waiting in line quite as long while the vendor tries to process your credit card. 
some of the bigger vendors will actually have a fast cash-only line, uh, which you may be able to take advantage of if you happen to have the cash on hand. So definitely something you want to think about. I always do that. Also, it's a way, if you want to make sure you're staying in a budget, if you're paying for everything with cash only, you cannot go over your budget because then you do not have the cash to pay for it. One more recommendation, and I need to give full credit this one to Boston Jen, uh, because the last two years I've gone on a bus, and when you go on a bus, your ticket is usually included in the price. You get off the bus with your ticket and go just right into the security line. And the first year I went, I went late, so the lines, while long, you know, were not crazy long. But if you're showing up first thing in the morning, and you don't have your tickets already pre-purchased, you're going to be standing in a very long line, a very slow-moving line. And then I believe after that, you still have to go through bag check. So you're going to have another long line to wait in. So uh, Boston Jen highly recommends buying your tickets in advance ahead of time. I will have the links in the show notes so you can access it. It's uh, an electronic ticketing system. You can buy your day pass or your weekend pass. Yes, the coupons you're getting from the different vendors will not work for that. But if you're showing up at, at noon, then go ahead. Buy your ticket there. Use the discount coupon code. You're going to be fine. But if you're showing up, so it opens this year at 9, which is a little bit earlier than in past years. Let's say if you're showing up between 9 and 10.30 or 11, buy your ticket in advance. Because you are going to have an awful lot of people trying to get through those gates right along with you. So what am I planning on bringing? So personally, I am going to be bringing my purse and two reusable shopping bags that uh, fold up small when not in use. I'm going to be bringing water bottles, a large one for the car because I have about a three to four hour drive each day when the way there, when the way back, and a smaller water bottle for carrying around inside my purse. I have lar bars or possibly another healthy snack to combat the junk food that I am planning on eating while in there because, you know, if there's cheese and crepes and falafel, I'm going to enjoy myself. I will have cash and I will have easy knitting. I am planning on bringing either the hitchhiker shawl I mentioned earlier or a sock or possibly both for walking around for two days. I'm also going to bring some intermediate knitting for hanging out with friends and at dinner. I may even bring my drop spindle and some silk to walk around and do a little bit of spinning. I've recently learned how to drop spindle this year, and I am enjoying it. I'm I'm pretty bad at it. I just, you will see me dropping a spindle. That's that's me. If you see that, it's probably me. <laughs> I will have a folding chair with me in, the, in my car, which I may go get if I need to. And I'm also going to bring my spinning wheel and some fiber for if I get tired and want to sit down for a while and rest. Since this is my first time going for both days, I'm going to plan on actually sitting and resting more than I normally do, because normally I'm there for a total of five hours on a one-day bus trip, so I go, go, go the entire time, but this time I plan to relax and enjoy myself a little bit. What am I wearing? Well, I have not decided yet, but I think I've narrowed it down to three outfits, so I will probably either wear my Frosted Sweater by Lisa K. Ross, and this is a white sweater with a sort of a gradient blue snowflake yoked colorwork collar that I love. Or I might wear the Dancing Dragons coat by Heike Campbell. That is what I was trying to knit for Rhinebeck last year before I got the finger injury. And so if I wear that, it would be probably over a mummy's tunic or, or something like that. And it is a bright green coat with dragon patterns up the back and dragon scales down the sleeves. 
Or I might wear my Second Grace by Bristol Ivy, which is also green, but it's got beautiful colorwork yoke, as well as um, at the bottom, at the waistband, and at the um, the, the cuffs. There's colorwork there, and that I think the colorwork I have is like um, sort of burnt sienna and yellow and a couple shades of blue. I'll probably have a shawl each day as well, and maybe a hat or mitts, and I'll definitely have layers underneath because I am always cold. So that way I can have like my shawl and my hat and um, that I can take on and off. I'll probably start the day with long sleeves under a sweater and then have like a short sleeve layer that I can change into or just start walking around in the sweater itself once it warms up a little bit. And I will probably wear some warm well love boots the first day and then switch to sneakers the second day when my feet start hurting and when it's a tiny bit drier. But we'll see. I'm going to have multiple pairs of shoes with me just in case. And that is my packing list for Rhinebeck. I hope you all have a wonderful day. If you're at the festival, please don't hesitate to stop and say hello. I love to chat with people. I am going to be, yes, doing a bunch of shopping, a bunch of eating, but I'm just enjoying to have a wonderful time, see a whole bunch of people, see a whole bunch of stuff, and um, just enjoy it because Rhinebeck is amazing. And I hope you get to go. Say hi if you're there. Keep those legs and those needles moving. Bye-bye.